So, Father, I just thank you. Holy Spirit, I just invite you into this place, Lord. We just ask that you have your way in this moment. We just ask that you be glorified and that it be less of us and more of you. And so, God, we just ask that you give us the language to speak the words to say, Father, for the people who will be impacted by what you have given um, Louisa. God, I just ask that you just remind her of who she is in you as you give her the strength and the guidance to go forth with this vision, God. And so we just thank you for every ear that will listen, every ear that's called to her every year that will be changed and their lives will be impacted because of the reflection of you seen within her and so god we just thank you for what you're doing we thank you for what you have planned and we just ask for your peace right now in the name of jesus in jesus name we pray amen amen Welcome to the Sheena's podcast. I'm your host, Luisa Kadeche. This podcast is all about celebrating the modern day woman. And you are tuned in to the first episode of our bonus series, where we talk about all things faith, purpose, and identity. Today, we speak to a really good friend of mine, a phenomenal woman of God who has journeyed with God in the most remarkable way. She is a businesswoman, a poet, an author, a graphic designer, and she uses her voice to testify of the goodness of God. Her name is Janae Card and I know you guys are going to enjoy this episode so without further ado enjoy to ask every guest is to tell us a little bit more about themselves outside of what they do outside of all the other external labels who is Janae. I'm I'm so used to calling you Carly Janae. <laughs> yeah. So it's so I had um early at the, the beginning of this year, like the Lord just began to deal with me by coming through different people and just even just convicting me in my quiet time about my name and mm. with walking in my identity and coming to know him as father, it was imperative for me to go back to the basics of who he has called me to be, even at the expense of changing my name even though I have content out that is under the Carly Janae but it's kind of just like God's just like do you trust me like I wrote your story and it's like well you did so I can't miss out or lose something because I'm being obedient to you so for me there's power in a name and so coming Mm -hmm. into the revelation knowledge that my name has this double meaning on one side it means God has answered and on the other side it means God is gracious kind of points back Mm. to the overall purpose for my life that I'm discovering in a moment and is is that God has called me to sacrifice my scars for public display so people don't live alone and it's going back to the basis of Hebrews 413 we'll all stand before the Lord naked and exposed to whom we must give an account and so it's recognizing that shame fear doubt anything that is not conducive to the kingdom of God is not allowed and it's like Mm. we don't have to wallow in that and so uh, I'm I'm a child of God who is very focused on exhibiting God's nature in the earth also also while just um, being the fullness of who he has called me to be so that I can impact everybody that he's called me to impact before he calls me home Mm. oh wow I love that (laughs) that's awesome um you spoke about how like God wrote your story but when when did you get that revelation that your life is not your own that there is an author behind it all yeah great question I think 
growing up in the church, it's always been this like drill thing. But of course, you for me, I met religion before I met relationship. And it was mm-hmm. wasn't until my my junior year I was hospitalized for a panic attack. And it wasn't like this was the first time a panic attack had 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 happened, but it was the first time that it had gotten this bad to the point I was able to understand what it was. And just doing some self-reflecting, I started to write just I am statements all on my bathroom mirror in college. And it was kind of just like, God, if you're real, like I know you are, I don't want to continue to live life like you're not. However, my story is a little bit different because I knew religion, there was a lot of fear that was used to keep me from doing certain things. So I am still a virgin by choice. Like I don't, I never really engaged in like heavy drinking or being drunk to drunk drink, like, you know, drunk, drink, I'm messing up, but drink, yeah, (laughs) like getting drunk to just get drunk. Like those were Mm -hmm. just like, just some of the stuff that could lead, that leads to sin or is sin. Like I, the fear always kept me from doing certain stuff, like the fear of getting caught or the fear of getting hurt or the fear of getting sick and no God doesn't give us the spirit of fear. Like it's very clear in the word. Second Timothy one, seven, God doesn't give us the spirit that doesn't give us the spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. It was this reality that God, if you are who I know you to be, let's do it. Like, I'm going to give you a year mm-hmm. to show me, and, you know, it starts off mm-hmm. as like a joke, like how I'm going to give you a year, <laughs> but then it turns into like four years later and I can t- tangibly show you just the stones and the proof of all God has done. So this was like going into my senior year, I really was just ready to commit it all to God and I gave God a year. So between 21 and 22, like 22 fully surrendering and watching just the shift of God, um, of him just revealing who he actually is to me on a personal level. Mm, oh, that's awesome. Um, I kind of want you to like talk us through how the, the surrendering journey looked like, because <laughs> I was just thinking to myself, I think, um, I kind of started to know you, know know about you. I think before that happened, you and I used to go to Elevation, but you were in Elevation yeah. Body and I was in Kerry. And I think you texted me once on Instagram and you're like, girl, I just want to like, you know, get in contact with like-minded people. And then you disappeared. You were not on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So that was a part of the surrender. So it started off, I have, I got my first prayer journal, maybe at the beginning of 2017. So I was taught, it's funny. Um, Cause at the beginning of 2017, I remember it. Like I was bringing my, the, the year in um, at national Harbor in DC. And I was with a friend and the, and a guy I was dating at the time was at this huge, like Christian conference for college students. And he's getting filled with the Holy spirit and just living his best life with the Lord. And I'm over here at a bar with alcohol. It was kind of like, wait a minute, God, this is not who I am. Like, this is not Mm. who I am. I had a moment to decide and I chose pleasure over going to this conference um, because we had an opportunity to go to the Dallas Cowboys football game, football game against the Eagles. And so I decided that because I had never been to one of those games, but being in that moment, it was like, God, like I cried because I'm like, God, I would rather be where your presence is felt. And Mm. I remember making that decision, like that was another like 
heavy decisions. So the first decision was back in college after the panic attack, like, God, I want to give my all to you, but I don't know how. And then going through senior year. Um, so January was the last semester of my senior year before I graduated. And I just remember like sitting in the bar and I, I just made a conscious decision. Like I will no longer drink again after this point. I'm going to stop all cursing. Like I'm no, no longer going to listen to secular music. Like I'm really going to give, give you everything that I know to give you in this moment. And I remember um, writing in my prayer journal, like just just writing. So one of the connection points for me or the communication points for me of, of how God talks to me is just through writing. So I remember mm -hmm. writing down just, I want more of you, God, like I want to be used by you. Like I want to know that you're real, like those type of things. And, you know, of course you don't necessarily see it for me. My story isn't one of seeing it right away. Like, Oh, there, there's God. It took this mm -hmm. process of trust, like faith, like, okay, God, this is who your word says you to be. And so making that decision, making time to read the word of God. And I remember at I graduated in May of 2017. I worked for my university for um, four months after college. And at that point, I had discovered Elevation Church, had no clue that they were in the North Carolina area. And I actually applied to serve before I even stepped foot on one of the campuses. And so when mm -hmm. I found out about the Raleigh campus, like I did the, um, I can't even remember what the track is called, but the track that you do to serve. And at the time I had a camera and I was like, well, I can serve on the photography team because there's no graphic design because I'm like, well, God, if I'm going to live my life for you, I need to give you everything. So I need to design for you. Like I need to create for you. Like that was just kind of my thinking of, in this process mm -hmm. of trying to pursue God and, and just learn the more of him. And so started going to elevation. I was commuting um, on weekends from Greenville until my lease was up. And then I was commuting back and forth between Greenville and the Raleigh area in regards to going to work. But I was only at, at school for working for them for like a month after that. And I remember Pastor Stephen had preached um on anxiety. And at the time I struggled really bad with anxiety. That was what mm -hmm. hospitalized me. And he was like, I just challenge you to make a decision today because for me with anxiety, there was a lot of indecision and double-mindedness. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to resign. So I resigned from the position. Some stuff that was done in the dark came to the light and I ended up leaving the, the job that same week um, on September, August 31st was my last day. And during this time, there were interns at the, the church and just trying to get surrounded by individuals like joining e-groups and being around believers who are walking in the direction of the kingdom. I was like, well, might as well apply to this internship. And so I applied to the internship and I actually got advanced to the next round before the application process had even closed. And I was delivered from the spirit of fear December 2nd. And mm -hmm. Fear and confusion, I was delivered as a spirit. You can't tell me it's not. And not you, but just nobody can convince me mm -hmm. that it's not like it is. Like I haven't mm -hmm. had a panic attack since it was prayed out of me. Um, and I remember, honestly, several days after I got a phone call from the internship people. Um, mm -hmm. It wasn't my supervisor. It was two members on her team. And they had interviewed me because I was the second process. The process was to be interviewed. And I remember telling them like, hey, my mom is not on board. 
but I told God that if you open the door, I'll run full speed ahead. But if it's not your will, then slam the door in my face and I will be okay. Mm-hmm. And the next day I got in. And so that season for me is what I called my wilderness season because I literally had to do what Mark 10, 29, 30 says by leaving behind your brother, your sister, mm-hmm. your mo- mother, your father, your land. Um, with the notion that the second half of that verse says that I will give it back to you, your mother, your brother, your father, your sister, your land with persecution. But it it also says like a hundred times fold in this age and in this age mm. to come. But we miss the persecution part, the, the part that it's going to come with sacrifice is going to come with obedience. It's going to come with dying to self or dying to the desires that we actually think is God. And it's not. And I mm. remember the Holy Spirit just gave me so much peace in delivering that part to my to my my mom at the time. And I just told her, like, it comes a point in time where I have to be obedient to God because I don't want to miss out on what he has for me because, you know, you may not approve like And that's a part of the process is being willing to do what God says, despite with mm-hmm. what anybody else says, um, despite it all. And so moved to elevate, moved to the Charlotte area because I was picked up for graphic design and I was on a central campus intern and God was like, come off social media. My relationship at the time ended. I was really coming into the spiritual things of God, like spiritual gifts and learning that I had like the gift of discernment of spirits or like the gift of faith. And so I had to come offline to be obedient to God and really just immerse myself in the healing process and get a foundation for the scripture and learn how to fast and pray and, and just document the journey through writing. Mm, oh my gosh. I'm, I'm like, I have goosebumps throughout this whole time because I just find it so, I don't want to say fascinating, but I think, you know, for lack of better words, I'll use that. But how does it feel? How did it feel to be in the wilderness season? I think all believers go through that. But the, the stripping of everything you knew and and um, the comfortability, you know, God really, I think when you were just talking about how your relationship ended, you really relocated. How did that feel? And how, how were you it able sucked. to <laughs> Like, if you want me to be honest, like it sucked, which is how the book my first poetry book or just Mm -hmm. first published book that came out of that season is called it hurts to heal because it hurts to heal like it's it's not a fun process if we're looking at it from a fleshly standpoint but it's fun in the notion that we're going on this adventure with God and that everything that the movies show you about just being pursued or just being in the Lord like or movies in the sense of like when you look at superhero movies or like how they just go on these wild adventures like just saving the world like that's real life like that is really Mm -hmm. how God has equipped us to walk out our lives but it comes with the cost of like sacrificing what we think sacrificing our flesh like are you willing to be quiet and not defend yourself because God is the defender are you willing to um step away for a time and pray and fast are you willing to stop talking to certain people not to reject them but so that you can get healed and whole so that you can now influence them instead of being influenced by the the negative aspects of what the enemy is doing through them unbeknownst to Mm -hmm. them and so 
it it was a it was a really rough season but i had to make a decision do I partner with what I have been crying out to the Lord about? Because what's cool mm. about it is remember, I told you January of 2017 is when I started to write in my prayer journal about God, I want to be used by you, like yeah. repenting for certain things. Well, it was January of 2018 that I found myself in Charlotte and I picked up this journal and I was like, what in the world? Like literally a year later, here I am in the wilderness, mm. like here I am. Like, I have no choice but to choose you, God. Like, and it, and that was kind of just, for me, it was this notion that I have no choice but to choose God because I've been crying out to him. And he has shown himself faithful in the last year to even get me into this door of this internship and just to get me to where I am. Like, there's something on the other side of this process. No, it's not mm. this point of arrival, but it's this notion that success is not a point of arrival. Success is who you are becoming in the process. Success is the process mm -hmm. of allowing yourself to become more like Christ. Because once you get from point A to point B and you think point B is the end game, God's like, nah, you're already halfway to point <laughs> C, but look, look over yonder. I've already prepared D, E, and F for you. And so it's this reality that it's this ongoing journey, um, but we have to be decided. And I was just decided. I was like, mm -hmm. God, like, I don't got no choice. I don't have a choice. Like, and for some of us, we don't like God gives mm. us free choice. So yes, we have the options to decide life or death blessings or curses. But for me, I didn't have a choice because I already knew what life was like without him. And I would yeah. be a fool to go back or to not partner with it. And so just having to dig deep within myself and rely on the strength of the Lord because his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Mm -hmm. And in my weakness, when I didn't have it, I had it because God had it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. I love that. <laughs> that is so good. <laughs> that is so good. And, you know, I think it's so evident even when looking at your journey. I mean, when you, um, started being well I mean you're very vocal your ministry is very vocal and you are I think you said at the beginning um it is all about you know putting out your your scars on public display that people might find healing as well and I mean what was there a point where you knew that okay my ministry is going to be vocal I'm going to be vocal about what the Lord has done in my life was there a point? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's this reality that everything that I do is a component of God. So because I'm, I call myself a visual communicator because I can communicate through design, through words, through writing, through speaking, like, however, technically, you know, I do have a degree in graphic design and that's kind of where my profession is. But at the core of what God has called me to do is to communicate and to communicate effectively and well. And it has a lot to do with the the whole shame and fear and overcoming that. And so while I was at Elevation, how I even got this in this brand called Naked and Exposed, I was at Elevation and I was in the room during one of the, um, I think it was like Jesus and, and Joe or something like that, where we got up, we met up the church at like six in the morning and like just studied the word together in our individual quiet time and then had some like group discussion. And I remember highlighting Hebrews 4.13, we will all stand before the Lord naked and exposed to whom we must give an account. And it just began to minister to me in regards to 
wait a minute, this might be what God is calling me to be or to do. Mm. And so it's this reality that, um, again, we all stand before the Lord naked and exposed to whom we must give an account. And so it's like, if God already knows everything I'm do- I've done or everything I will do, how can somebody use against me what God already knows and I'm already reconciling mm. through him? And so it became this point of reflection where you start to look back over your life and realize that God has always been there. And I have a poem that, you know, is, is, is tailored to that, but it's like, we're digging through these like memories and it's like, um, I'm going to, I was going to say, I was going to do the poem, but I'm going to try to do the poem. You guys bear with me if I mess up, because I'll just talk through it. If I do to kind of get the point across, yeah. it's digging through memories Blowing off the dust of the moments that I buried when life got rough between dreams and nightmares, unable to discern the difference, so I hid them, or at least tried to. These pieces are memories from a puzzle, and I just messed it up. You see, like, this is what will happen as I'll get to a part, and Holy Spirit will be like, ah, <laughs> now talk it through. And so it's this reality that if you know God has always been speaking because we know his voice and we know we do, like, we start to, we realize that we picked up pieces from other stories that we were never meant to keep, collecting disappointment that was never meant for me. Like, it's like this reality that disappointment is pieces that we picked up from other stories that were never meant for us, but because we didn't have the language or the, the knowledge to know, we made it up part of our story and then it's like once you sit still long enough to know God is speaking you're like wait a minute I know your voice and then you look at your life and your stories and your pieces and you see that there was always an exit plan like there was always a way Mm -hmm. out of certain things but because of the lack of maturity or the lack of sensitivity we didn't use utilize the way out that God had given us but then when we get to this place of reflection we realize wait a minute God's handprint has always been across across it like Mm -hmm always been there and so for me I've, I remember using p- platforms like Twitter and Facebook to kind of share like just transparent moments and I remember one time I had testified about some things and some of my family members were not in agreement with it it was like you need to be careful what you post because people will try to use it against you it can stop you from getting a job and I couldn't understand because it's like how can somebody use against me something that I'm exposing mm-hmm. like I just I couldn't, I was like, this doesn't make sense. Like, how can you use something against me that I already know? Well, the truth is the blind can't lead the blind. So I'm not free Mm -hmm. from fear. Or if I wasn't free from anxiety, I should not talk about it or talk about trying to help other people get free because then that becomes an open door for the enemy to start to Mm -hmm. get back, you know, start to um, taunt me. And so that kind of is what had happened in the beginning. But going back to the point, it was this reality that I've always lived transparent or vulnerable, it was just abused or it just wasn't Mm. handled appropriately. And once I got clear of who I was in God and fear was delivered from me and I know it was no longer a stronghold to keep me bound to the negative ways of thinking, what can stop me if God is for me? Like what can stop mm-hmm. us if God is has called us to it? And if it's God's will, it's God's bill. So if, if it's God's desire for us, he will give us the tools to do it. And so that mm-hmm. is just how I am or where I've I've been. It's it's going back to the main point that nobody can use against me what God already knows because it's God who we answer to. We don't answer to mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I love that. Um 
so now I, I have more understanding about this naked and exposed and what it really is to just expose your scars. Um, and I kind of want you to talk us through like um, inner healing. How important is it to be vulnerable in the healing process, at least to God, really? Um, I know I, I did say, well, girl, I wanted us to talk about inner healing. And I think really <laughs> with everything you have been saying, you've really been touching on it. But first of all, I want to ask you what inner healing is and how important it is to be vulnerable in the process of healing inner healing it's a it's one of those things where i've actually never defined it i've just done it or talked about the importance of healing so it for mm. me it's like being self-aware of your thoughts like how you feel your emotions and allowing yourself to see it through the perspective of god so that you can heal and stop so that we we can heal and stop tugging and toting around trauma. And so one of my two anchor verses when it per pertains to this is 2 Corinthians 10, 5, where it says um, to take captive every thought that presents oh, itself high and lofty ab above the Lord. And it's this reality that these thoughts that we think about may not always be ours. It can be environmental. It can be situational. It could honestly be something that somebody else is going through, but because we never learned the language that we're prophetic or that we're censors, we can't understand why one minute we're good or in the next minute we go around somebody or going into an environment and now we're angry or cranky or rude. Like we can't, we, nobody taught us that that's not you. You're picking up on somebody else's junk. Now cast it off at you. And how you do that is Philippians 4, 8. It says to think about these things that are good, that are pure, and I'm paraphrasing, that are holy, that are just. And it's this notion that God has given us a, a blueprint or a guideline on what we're supposed to do when these thoughts come into our minds that do not align with him. We don't, we don't think about it. We cast it off. We, we push it to the side. We don't entertain it. We stop and think about what we think about so that it can no longer one remain dormant that would be triggered from an, an experience or an encounter with someone or two, it just can no longer be a thing that we allow ourselves to um, entertain. So inner mm -hmm. healing for me is, is being self-aware of our thoughts and allowing ourselves to know God for who he is as a father and learning what we do and what we have experienced may not be God's truth. It could be our individual truth because we mm. experienced it. But just because we experienced it doesn't mean that it's the truth. Like there's only one truth and it's rooted in the yeah. word of God based off of how he has called us to live. And it it just goes back to this place of are we willing to deny ourselves even though we our flesh tries to justify it. So that's inner healing for me for the most part. Mm -hmm. And um, the importance of being one or being honest, truthful, because a lot of what you're saying um, really talks about getting to, I mean, we can't confront our, our thoughts if we're really not honest about them. And I think that what I realized with me personally is that, it was so hard to sit with myself and to hold thoughts captive. It was so hard to to get to a point where I'm not in denial or I'm not right. trying to to hide. Um, and I mean, I know you spoke about like how how God sees everything, but sometimes it's like you know I I subconsciously know that God sees everything, but like I'm still trying to hide things from me, you know. But what, I have a question for you, like what in no. that made you hide it? Like what, 
triggered you to hide it? Like what were the things that made you hide it though you saw it and you knew truth? Mm, mm. Yeah, I think, you know, when I when I look back at like the story of my life and the moments where I felt like, oh my gosh, like I can't I can't be vulnerable to me, you know, um, to say the least. I think what made me hide it was um was fear like fear of how I would have to deal with it you know fear of going through the process fear of of healing through it um because at the end of the day like all these ugly things that we we know about ourselves and we really don't want to admit about ourselves we know we want to be free from them and I think um for me personally the biggest thing was fear that's good um, at the when Dr. Faith explains like anxiety, and of course, we know from listening from what I've talked about earlier is that fear, like anxiety, is comes from the root of fear. So fear is mm-hmm. the driving factor behind anxiety and a lot of the things that we struggle with, and it's this inability to be able to see God in our future. And so, mm-hmm. there's a difference between there knowing and and, and believing. Like yeah. there's like there's a difference in it. Like when you know, you know, like, you know, you know, like there's nothing mm-hmm. anybody can do to sway you or to change it or to to get in the way. And and be if fear it has any place in us or any space in us, it will pervert the truth um, because we know fear mm-hmm. and faith cannot operate in the same space. Like fear and faith are opposites to have faith. It, you can't have fear because then that creates doubt and that creates double-mindedness like you you see how Mm. all of these things are connected like they're not separate like they're all connected because they're all a part of this false narrative that the enemy wants us to believe to keep us disconnected from God and it's it's going back to where I said in my story that I had to be decided though um it sucked and though it was uncomfortable to face my junk and to see the truth I decided that I was going to go through with it. And Mm -hmm. so for me, it's important mainly because it's important for us to be in relationship with God. And so God is more important than our feelings um, because Mm -hmm. our feelings lie to us. Everybody's Mm -hmm. feelings are different. Like how you, we can relate or empathize with one another because we both know what sadness feels like, but what is sad to you may not be sad to me. So there Mm -hmm. goes the differences in definitions. So it's also understanding how we have defined certain things and then going to the word of God to, to see the truth of how it's supposed to be. And then of course, getting in community of individuals that are headed in the same direction. And sometimes it comes with the cost of letting go of the people that you know, just aren't there and it's Mm. no shade or no um, disrespect to them and everything to do with you getting to where you need to be in God and you don't know but God may still use your journey or God may call you back into a space to help bring other people up with you Mm -hmm. yes oh wow yes I love that that is so good it is so I mean <laughs> I, I I think I said this to you this afternoon when we were chatting, but every time I talk to you, I just feel like I don't even know how to vocalize it. <laughs> I definitely appreciate it. Like feedback like this just lets me know that I am 
I'm doing what the Lord is calling me to do. And if I can be transparent um, just with anybody, because it's kind of just like, well, okay, you went through this healing season. Now, what Mm -hmm. does it, what does this season now look like for you? And it's like, for me, like healing is an ongoing process in the sense of there's always something else to be revealed. And it comes up in conversations. It comes up in interactions and which is why I'm so grateful for my community because there has been a lot of corrective experiences that have occurred. Like, when I was in London, a situation triggered that I was offended by and I responded in a way that I haven't responded in years. But if it had not happened, I would not have known that that was an area that God still needed to deal with. And it's like mm. I was checked by one of my um, one of my spiritual leaders at the time. And it was like offense is a choice and so is embarrassment. And when she said that, it was like, wait a minute offense is a choice and so is embarrassment. And so I have taken on those principles just in how I operate and how I move within just life right now is, is not allowing myself to look through a lens of offense or look through a lens of rejection and not to be embarrassed. And so this season where I am now, because it has been two years since the wilderness season in a sense, and where I thought I was being sent out like an arrow, like every arrow that is shot out has to be sent back first before it's mm-hmm. shot forth. And so for me, that sending back was coming back into the environment that caused me the most pain and to walk it out and most pain by perception because God needed to show me the truth. He needed to rewrite the narrative of some of my childhood experiences so that I could see them for what they were and see mm-hmm. like, wait a minute, it wasn't that bad. Or wait a minute, I really was hurt. This is why I saw life through this lens. And it's like the only way to know you're healed is to go back into the environments that cause you yeah. the most pain. And so that is what these last two years have been for me and just God growing and blowing all my business and doing, you know, all of those beautiful things. And with that, it comes with a new level of responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I can say like COVID has definitely just show me the areas in which I still have to surrender over to God or how much more I need God in this season of increase because it's so easy to get disconnected or not spend that time with God because you're so busy. And so that's kind of just where I find myself is I'm aware that I'm not spending as much quiet time with the Lord as I should be or Mm -hmm. looks different. So quiet time may look like while I'm working, playing worship music and praying or while I'm work, working, listening to sermons and, and messages and, and feeding myself with those type of things. And so I just want to encourage whoever is listening that there's seasons and times for everything. And you read that in Ecclesiastics is, is there's a season and a time for everything and, and give yourself grace. Like you're going to make mistakes. You're going to mess up. You're going to get it wrong. But it's this willingness to acknowledge that we get it wrong or to acknowledge that something has shifted and now we need to make an active change so that we don't become fully disconnected or and that we're fully guarding our gates on everything so that the, so that the enemy has no foothold or no or no open door to, mm-hmm. to, to taunt us. So I just want us all to be encouraged because we're not like nobody's alone. Like we're all going yeah. through something. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just as you were speaking, I mean, what you were saying right now ministered to me on a personal level, because especially when you talk about um, looking through that lens, you know, God's lens, you know, a couple of months ago, when Dr. Faith actually posted about um, being sent back to be shot, you know, shot out. And this is what you were talking about. And I'm like, this is exactly the season (laughs) I'm in. (laughs) 
you know you, I mean, you, you know my story of moving back home and everything yeah. I'm just like oh my gosh what is this season but you know with when you were speaking it just it, it's those subtle reminders that you know in the process God is working God is speaking and it's so important to lean in and to be encouraged so I absolutely love that you touched on that um we are about to wrap it up yeah but I want to ask you um our final question you know you being where you are right now with everything that you've been through and all that you've learned and all that you've surrendered what would you say to your younger self whether that is the you in college or the you in high school or elementary school what would you say to your younger self this is a great question um and I have a poem that is along those lines around like when I there, it's like to the woman I am becoming, to the woman I am today, and to the little girl I was, and at each stage of like to the woman I am becoming, it's it's recognizing that my voice and my thoughts had just got into a screaming match to see who would win, and I looked tired, tired of pretending, tired of fighting, tired of surviving, afraid that no one would come and find me, and then it's like to the woman I am today. I will never forget the look in your eyes as you picked your head up, wiped your tears and started smiling. And one of your writings, you said in the silence, there was always a distinct voice that came and held you tightly into the little girl. I was, it, um, it's sometimes hard to notice behind the pain that God has always been there. I'm paraphrasing, but it's like this reality that like God has always been there. And mm-hmm. so I think if I could tell my younger self or anybody listening, honestly, is that God is always there and has always been there even if we didn't have the language for it or the spiritual eyes to see it like God is there and as soon as you realize that you haven't missed out that you're not behind that you're not late that there's there's literally not a rush to get anywhere but there is a rush to be saved and there is a rush to be in relationship with God and there is a rush to give your life to Christ but there is no rush to get to where God is calling you to be because he wrote the story and he wants to Mm -hmm. walk alongside of us to get there and as we grow in spiritual maturity we'll feel the weight We'll feel the pressure, we'll feel some of the time sensitivities, but not at the expense of condemnation. Um, so yeah. Yeah, girl, when you were speaking, I felt very late. I mean, I don't do this, but <laughs> um I, I thought that maybe someone's listening and they're thinking, well, okay, how does one get saved? Like I wanna get saved, or I wanna have a personal relationship with God how <laughs> yeah 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 it's, can you help it's, someone through that yes, so if you are listening this is always the fun part okay because this is the best part and the reason why yes. we do what we do if you are listening and you do not have a relationship with christ like you can honestly repeat this prayer after me and it's as simple as believing with your heart and confessing with your mouth that jesus is lord and savior so just say like lord i want to know you i want to be in relationship with you i want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And so I give you myself in hopes that you show me the more of you and that you just forgive me of the things that I have done unbeknownst to me and that you give me a deeper understanding of how to be your child. And so if you, in Jesus name, we pray, amen. Um, And so if you pray that with me, it's this reality that all you have to do is accept him as your Lord and Savior and pick up your word and start to study. I recommend starting with the book of John and then also positioning yourself in community of 
believers. So if you do not have a church home, you can definitely hit one of us up and we can help you locate a space wherever you are that would be beneficial for the sake of your future and be encouraged. Like God has a plan for you. Like he will use everything that you have gone through to help pull other people through it through. And I think that's where we have to understand that. Yes, we go through certain things that could have been avoided, but at the same time, those things that will be, could have been avoided are parts of the story that will help other people not have to experience it themselves. Amen. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much for that. Thank you again for um, your time before I I forget though. um, How can people contact you or get in touch with you on social media platforms with everything that you do i mean you're a graphic designer you have your own business (laughs) yeah so if if people want to connect with me the one-stop shop would be to go to janaecarley.com so j-a-n-a-e-c-a-r-l-e-e.com and you can see all my social links and all my buttons to connect to the different platforms i'm on instagram facebook twitter youtube i'm on amazon all that fun stuff and then there's even a link to um my business up there yes she has a podcast and a book and a youtube channel (laughs) oh that's right that's right (laughs) 